the right hook movies and tv all right uh, the distinctive music uh, welcomes philip malloy philip welcomes the program thank you george now i we dug into the archives mm. and the reason we dug into the archives of course this is last week at the right hook it ends on friday and you were a founder member in that very first <laughs> week uh, Philip Malloy presented movies. Television hadn't been invented. You invented movies. And here it is from week one of The Right Hook. <laughs> there it is. News Talk 106 with George Hook, where Dublin speaks its mind. There is no certainty in the casting for movies. Many of the great partnerships came together by accident. In Let's Go to the Movies, our weekly slot, film Philip Malloy looks at some of the great partnerships, and he's on the line now. Good afternoon, Philip. Afternoon, George. How are you? I'm not too bad yourself. Well, what's, um, first of all, before we get to partnerships, what's new in the movies? Well, um, since you mentioned partnerships, there is the, the main uh, opening this week is a movie called uh, Cape Hacks, a, a dreadful title, but it's a movie that brings together Jeff Bridges and Kevin Spacey for the first time, um, which, which obviously distinguishes it. You were brilliant even then. That's tough, were you? The very first <laughs> week, I, I knew we had to have a movie slot and you were the man for it. Jeff Bridges and Kevin Spacey, do you remember that? Yes, I do. Um, it wasn't It wasn't really very good. <laughs> now listen, just before we mm. go to your stuff, mm. I got two gorgeous mails today. Oh. One, uh, both enclosing DVDs, one says, I remember you said you loved this movie. You probably already have it, but I came across it and I'd send it to you. It's Mar Marty mm. with the great Ernest Borgnine. Mm. And I haven't got it. So the, the anonymous listener, that's fantastic. Are, what's, are there extras on it? Why is, it is, is it just kind of bare bones uh, DVD or what? I don't know. I'll have to look at it if mm. I tell you. Yeah. And then I got a long letter from Desmond White and Rathfarnham. And he, he says, Burned by the Sun 2. It's mm. a Russian movie. Do mm. you know it? Yeah. And yeah. Then there's it actually, it's come up here on this program a couple of times. Well, he says it's it's probably the greatest World War Two movie of all time. I, well, I don't know if I go. Russia. Yeah, I don't know if I'd go that far, but I I've been surprised at the number of people who've raised it um, over the you know in recent years, uh, and a lot of people seem to like it. So people are impressed by it. The Academy gave it the best foreign language film uh, award. Mm. Now apparently it was burned by the sun one as well, of course. But you, apparently you can watch. Burned by the Sun 2 mm. without having seen the original one. And the other says. one, Marty, that's the one that Ernest Borgnine won the best actor for in, is it 1955? Around then, anyway. 55, I saw 56. it in the Metropole uh, Cinema in O'Connell Street. It's that old it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm. With a fella called Henry Stevens from the Kimmage Road West. I don't think um, we appreciated it, to be honest. Marty. Yeah, when I was 14, I didn't. Yeah. It wasn't a 14-year-old's movie, really. Again, it had been one of those movies that had first appeared on television in the United States. It appeared on live television with Rod Steiger actually playing the part that was eventually really? played by Bornin. Yeah, yeah. All right. Now, uh, Jason Bourne is back. He is back. Could, before we get into that, could I just, I don't know if it was mentioned to you, but Mar Marnie Nixon has died. Oh, no. Yeah. 
But sure, she, she, they could. She must have dubbed for a, a yeah. half the female uh, yeah. actresses in Hollywood. Okay, it, this happened at the weekend. Uh, she was eighty-six. She died of breast cancer. And as you say, she was probably the kind of champion dubber, really. You know, uh, she started in the the late 40s and she dubbed a couple of pictures from Margaret O'Brien. Remember the child actress, Margaret yeah. O'Brien? Then in 1960, 1953, uh, she dubbed the high notes for um, uh, Marilyn Monroe in Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. And then she came into her sort of her kind of uh, purple sort of period uh, by, first of all, she, she um, dubbed, she spent a month, I think, working on the King and I with Deborah Kerr and Deborah Kerr studied everything about her, her, uh, her neck muscles, the way she moved her mouth and um, all this stuff. And uh, it worked very, very well. At that time, George, um, as you know, the film industry was under threat from television and they were doing various things like bringing in spectacles, but they are also buying all these musicals from the New York stage as well. And that was one of them. Then they went on to uh, they went on to um, after the King and I, uh, they went on to My Fair Lady and uh, and again and, and of course uh, West Side Story but and she dubbed for for um, Audrey Hepburn she, du- she dubbed for Audrey Hepburn before that she dubbed for uh, uh, um, uh, West Side Story and with West Side Story they objected to her the actors involved objected to her until they actually heard her voice and heard her singing tonight and she just walked away with it and after now that she dubbed both of us are struggling for the name here she dubbed for Robert Wagner's wife, wife yeah. who drowned off the end of a that, boat. That's right. What was her name? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 Natalie Wood, well, Natalie of course. Wood, yeah. yes, and, and then she did, she did, uh, as I said, My Fair Lady. And uh, the, the only one of the few times she was actually seen on screen was as one of the nuns, Sister Sophia in uh, the, the Sound of Music. Oh. Yeah, they were singing Maria. The three nuns were singing Maria and one of them was Sister Sophia, who was Marnie Nixon. Oh, and, and died age 71. She's That's died a- 86. Oh, 86. Yes, yeah. Oh, the great life. Yeah. All right. I, Jason Bourne is back. Jason Bourne is back. Yeah, he's back. Matt I Damon. I was a kind of late convert to him, but I really liked it. Yeah, yeah. Back, uh, uh, as I said, with Matt Damon again and uh, Paul Greengrass. And that's the they're the, they're the real sort of partners. They're the you started off talking about partners. Well, they're a great sort of partnership. Um, and again, it's a bit sort of it's a bit similar to the last one. Um, uh, in this case, it's called Jason Bourne. And basically, there's there's these four main sort of central characters in it. There's this treacherous uh, CIA boss um, who in this one um, is played by Tommy Lee Jones. Then there's a, a woman executive. In, in the last one, I think she was called Pamela Landy and she was played by Joan Allen. Um, in this place, in this t- stage, in this movie, she's played by um, a, a Swedish actress who won uh, Alicia Vikander. She won uh, the Best Supporting Actor Oscar actress Oscar um, last February uh, so that's two of them the third one then is is what they call is is an assassin basically an assassin employed by the, the CIA and he's absolutely relentless and vicious there, and in all of them there's been one of these as well and then of course the fourth part of this quartet um, is born and uh, it's about uh, Bourne basically discovering uh, that uh, the CIA is building building up this black ops, what they call a black ops unit, uh, which is worse and, than the one called, uh, I think it's called Treadman, uh, which they've had up to now. And so it's about him basically going up but against them. 
Bourne is immeasurably superior to Bond. Well, you see, I, I really fully believe that. I think Bond now looks very ordinary and especially compared. And what they've done is they've reinvented the spy picture. There's no other way of putting it. They've, uh, they've re- And Greengrass has been great, I think. Well, uh, I downloaded Spectre. I have Sky Q and mm. I downloaded Spectre. You know, you download a ton of stuff now because the hard disk mm. is bigger, you know. And then I watched it. I, I actually thought it was very average. No, it's too long anyway. Yeah, well, it's uh, incredibly uh, long. Yeah. Uh, by the way, w- the action in Jason B- Bourne is amazing. Uh, I read somewhere that uh, that it was expected to raise the level, uh, the, the quality of action uh, in uh, chases uh, and crashes in pictures generally. And that's what it does. There's a, a, cr- a chase and crash sequence near the end of it. I know they almost go on for about 12 minutes. Um, and it's... It's all set in Las Vegas. And what they did was they cleared uh, the main strip in Las Vegas for a week and they shot it every morning um, over over that over that period. And it's really impressive, George. It's very well done. I can see people saying there's too much action in it. You can't get too much action from me. I love action pictures. Okay, well, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I think Bond is a tired franchise. Um, But interesting, the other movie I watched since I saw you last, yeah. And you'll give out to me because mm. I have it. I hadn't seen it, right? What is it? Knight of the Generals. Oh, I hadn't seen oh, it. I would have thought, you know, Second World War picture, exactly. an unusual Second World War picture. I thought it would have been one that you would have gone for exactly. a long time ago. Hadn't seen it. Great cast. Unbelievable cast: Donald Pleasance, Peter Rotul, mm. uh, Charles Gray, who was in a villain in one of the Bond movies. Yeah. But you, but you have, you have all kinds of people like Donald Pleasance in it as well. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I really enjoyed it. And it's it's about it's it's about this psychopathic general, basically, yeah. isn't it? It's and about a murder, yeah. and and there was almost Sharif, there was Tom Courtney. Mm, Tom Courtney, I, yeah. I was loving it, I must say. Um, and, and as well, it's Germans. It's actually German soldiers that you get in this one. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's it's not the usual, but we rarely enough, I suppose, get that kind of mystery, that kind of investigation, and it is an investigation involving German soldiers. The other thing it reminded me of, it, funny enough, was when you said they cleared the streets of Las mm. Vegas, right? Mm. Even today, it's very difficult in Paris to film something about the occupation. They have German soldiers on the streets or swastikas flying from buildings and mm. so on. So they they have this German uh, sort of uh, uh, platoon marching up the Champs-Élysées, but you can see they're shooting at, at the crack of dawn. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. When nobody's around. So uh, that still continues. Oh, the yeah, the yeah. difficulty of doing German things in Paris. Mm. All right. Now, the second I, one, the second movie this week is, is these called. These are out now, are they? The, yeah. The okay. second one is called Finding Dory. Okay. And it's basically, it's a sequel to Finding Nemo. Um, both of these are uh, Pixar movies. And one of the things about Pixar is, I think this is the 17th uh, in a string of Pixar movies. And one of the things about them is they they have two things going for them. They're movies that appeal to kids and also are witty and, and even mature enough to appeal to adults. So you have that, that, that great, 
sort of thing whereby you can, you know, an adult can yeah. go and be entertained and bring his or her kid as well. In this case, um, it's about uh, a blue, what they call a blue tang fish. And uh, she uh, she has short term memory loss, loses her memory and is cut off from her parents. So it's about her trying to deal with this this problem that she has and get home to her parents. Now, it's an interesting point to make mm. about uh, adults going to see mm. this. You and I, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't we watch cartoons? Sorry, when we were younger and there were adults in the cinema, didn't adults really like cartoons? Or is that just a childhood well, memory? I, I, to, yeah, you no, know, no, well, no. To some extent, I, I used to love things like Roadrunner. But I, there I, were I, I that's right. Great, yeah. there were cartoons yeah. in every. Uh, film yeah. when you went. No, absolutely. But th- that was a whole program you were talking about. Yeah. So you had a feature and sometimes you'd have a, a second feature yeah. uh, which was eating and drinking. There's a lot of like, great stuff yeah. there, you know. And then you'd have, you might even have a small travelogue or something like or that. Or Pate News. Pate News, yeah. yeah, Or Movie Tone News, any of those. And uh, so, yeah, yeah. Although so, so, some stages then you start, you start to say, well, you get on with it. I want to see the feature. <laughs> you know. But uh, it's interesting to talk about Travelog. Do you remember there was an American fellow, I think Fitzpatrick was his name, and he finished everyone exactly the same, he said. And so we say goodbye as the sun <laughs> drops below the horizon in exotic Bangkok, uh, you know, and it was that kind of travelog. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Fitzpatrick, I think his name was 53106, the number for your text messages. Philip, one of the things that Philip has always been doing, of course, is old television series yeah. um, oh listen before I do that yeah. is there a new Jack Reacher on the way well it is there is uh, it's the second one uh, it's uh, of what how many has he done now how many has he written now he's written is he, is 18 he, 18 okay well this is the, the, the okay the second one uh, and it's again it's Tom Cruise and uh, I was I know I, that you weren't mad about him but I was impressed with Cruise um, as as Reacher all right. And uh, um, no, it is. We'll get it before the end of the year, by the way. Listen, Liam says you've been on the program for 15 years, almost 15 years. Can you name one movie in that 15 years that blew you away? Um, one that blew me away. Well, let's see. I mean, there's a ho- an awful lot. An, an awful You're lot talking 2002 to the present day. 2002 to the present day. I am. Rene it does remind me, of course, of Fred Bridgman playing the organ in the Savoy. Fred Bridgman? Yeah, he used to play the organ. Remember was, the way the organ. Guy, used well, okay, to come wait, let, let's both mention um, um, a guy from our local cinema. In Wexford, in the Capital Cinema, there was a fellow called Nick Lacey. Yeah, right. And uh, uh, one of the things, George, is you go in, you queue up, and I used to love actually just sitting there waiting for the movie to come on so you go up and uh, yeah, you, there's the smell of disinfectant all over, all over the place but you're there sitting waiting sort of anticipating the movie and I always loved that and they'd play some they, they had a small collection of uh, of, of musical uh, numbers and they played them again and again and again really yeah so uh, there you go 
Well, uh, this is an extraordinary text. I hope you don't mind me saying it. Yeah. I mentioned I saw, who I saw, Marty. Well, I saw Marty in the Metropole in 1955 with Henry Stevens from the Kimmage Road West. Hello, George. My father was Henry Stevens. Oh, great. Yeah, I was astonished to hear you were friends. Sadly, he is no longer with us, but you made my day. Walter Stevens. Isn't Excellent. That gorgeous? Good man, Walter. Great, great. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, Henry and I also shared a great love of cricket and we used to play on a f- in the cricket in the field up in the Kimmage West somewhere where, where you'd borrow somebody's uh, mowing machine to cut and the And how did you get so close to him? I mean, how did cricket was the first thing. Yeah. I, my father used to bring me up. My father had been transferred to Dublin but we were all in Cork and I used to come up from the summer and live in Dangan Avenue for the summer and digs with him. Oh, oh fantastic. Good. Now, what's this? Te- oh, yeah, the movie. The movie. Last 15 well, I'm years. I'm just going to go for something that I absolutely adored in recent years, which is Spotlight. I thought Spotlight was truly wonderful. It was a newspaper industry story. It was a great sort of, with a great ensemble cast, really sharp um, uh, dialogue. uh, And I thought it worked incredibly well. I didn't think there was a... There was a second um, of superfluous footage in the whole film. I just thought it was great, right. really well done. Well, I, after 2002, because I was old, I wasn't watching that many first-run movies, but I was racking my brains for one I really enjoyed. Do you remember a film called The Departed? Yeah. I really liked that. Jack Nicholson. Yeah, it was really Maybe dark. Martin yeah. Scorsese, very dark. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Tim thinks two movies in that time were Crash and Atonement. Yeah, um, two very different films. Yeah, Patrick and Swords is a bit like me, that anybody who liked Tom Cruise in the Reacher movies had never read the books. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think, I mean, I mean, there's enough about uh, Reacher out there to, I don't think you needed to have, have read the books because he what was he six foot five was he a bigger he, I think six foot anyway he was huge and he was yeah. very heavy yeah. and I suppose he was very very believable then yeah. and then when you come along you get a guy who's five foot seven and even though he is well built he, uh, because you see him without his shirt several times in the movie and uh, I, I just I just thought he was okay I thought he All was right. convincing enough in the same way by the way that Matt Damon is convincing in Bourne Matt Damon is not a huge character is not a huge Body yeah, but, he, but we don't know whether the real Jason Bourne was a big man or not. No, 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 but, all right, okay, okay. A, 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 presumably, because it's the listener's question, Ava Gardner did not sing in Showboat. No. No. no, she didn't. She couldn't sing. She couldn't sing. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, she was married to a guy for who a while. Who could sing. Who could, <laughs> and he could seriously sing. We're talking about uh, Frank Sinatra. Yeah, but they used to trade insults. The marriage was entirely built on yeah, trading I, insults. Yeah, I know, but he was weird and then when it came to <laughs> there's a wonderful, There's a wonderful semi-autobiography of Ava Gardner. Yeah. Biography or autobiography? She didn't write it. So is that a biography? No, autobiography would be something she wrote. All right, so yeah, it's a biography. Yeah, biography yeah. But it wasn't published until after her death, so it was really interesting. Anyway, you have picked, come on, tell me about this series. The Sorry, what are you talking about? Oh, the series that we've picked. The well, old we, television Okay, we series. picked Hawaii Five O. okay. Maybe the music will give us a clue. Okay, Let's play the music.
Well, I got it. Yes, of course it's a wife, I vote. Yeah. And uh, um, it was ran for 12 years, George, on American television. And um, up to 2003, it was the longest running crime series um, up to that time. Uh, Law and Order, which I'm sure you know, took over at that stage. And uh, it was created by this guy, Lenny Freeman was his name, Leonard Freeman. And he actually developed it for his friend, Richard Boone. And uh, they were going to set it. He was going to set it in a place called San Pedro. It's hard to think about it. San Pedro in California. And apparently um, Richard Boone convinced him to take it to Hawaii. Went to Hawaii with the whole thing. And then uh, he thought, uh, Lenny Freeman thought that uh, Boone was going to play the main character in it. And Boone turned it down. Uh, So... uh, looked at several other people and very, very quickly he came upon Jack Lord. And Jack Lord, as you know, um, remember Jack Lord as Felix Leiter in uh, Dr. No? Absolutely, yeah, of absolutely. Jack Lord, who had a big, uh, quite a career on stage, but he was again, he was another one. We talked about him again and again. Another one of those actors who appeared uh, over about 18 or 20 years as a guest star on virtually every main series on American television. Anyway, he was, uh, he played Felix Leiter. Felix Leiter was James Bond, Bond's counterpart in the uh, CIA. And um, they offered him the part. OK, he was in um, uh, Dr. No, and they offered him the part again for Goldfinger and apparently he wanted uh, he wanted star billing he wanted uh, uh, more money and he wanted a bigger part and they turned him down alright so uh, what happened was eventually Hawaii 5 came up and he went and lived in Hawaii. He had been living in, in California up to then. Went and lived in Hawaii and he became um, a Hawaiian, I suppose. He was a much liked and a kind of adored figure uh, there. And uh, he, by the way, he made a fortune. He, when, he, when he died, his estate was worth $40 million. Who directed the most episodes of Hawaii? You're going to say Michael O'Hurley. I'm going to say Michael O'Hurley. Dan O'Hurley, his brother. Yeah, Irish Uh, to the core. Yes, absolutely. Michael O'Hurley, sadly no longer with us, he emigrated to America. But do you know how he emigrated to America? He sailed a boat over. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Was was he a champion sailor? I don't know whether he was a champion or not, but he was obviously good enough to sail the boat to America. I wouldn't fancy doing it would you no you wouldn't no on his own listen there's one I really want to hear about yeah. though yeah. uh, I want to hear about the life on films of Ken Loach yes well w- one thing is th- that line that I've put on your, your piece of paper there it actually came from um, it came from the Observer um this weekend. It's called uh, Versus and it's the life and films of Ken Loach and it's a feature length documentary. It's on BBC Two at uh, 9.10 on Saturday and The Observer as I say on Sunday described it as simply the best programme on television this week and it said that it wasn't so much an assessment of Loach, Loach's career as an affectionate retrospective which gives the venerable storyteller a chance to explain his work from the 1960s onwards. Observer described the movie as an unmissable Gem, and okay, just while we're talking about him, uh, and by the way, he won uh, the Palm d'Or again this year. That's I think for the second time at the Cannes Film Festival. But one of the, the the things about him was his first film, his very first film, was a film called Poor Cow. It was written by Nell Don, and Nell Don is on the Picture Show this week. Go ahead. Yes, Nell wow. Don. Where the, the stars Be- come to test? <laughs> because. Uh, <laughs> 
But that poor cow, there was a, it was a British actress who was yeah. a blonde in that. What yeah, was her name? she was, yeah. Anyway, but I catered on two of his movies. What did you? One of them was called Black Jack. It was yes, a highway very good, very movie. good. Yeah, I liked it, liked it. Yeah, and I can't remember what the other one was, you know. Yeah. But Ken Loach, um, didn't he do the IRA movie as well? The he Window did. Checks the Bar. Actually, that was the other one that he, uh, Killian Murphy was in it. Uh, he, that I was liked the, that. You know, that was the other one that he won Cannes for. All right. Yeah. Now, the... Uh, Spotlight. This is Christine in Ballylicky. She yeah. can barely hear us. Apparently, the the reception's terrible. But she's spotlight in room. Uh, the uh, the yeah. new fifty is um, the biggest heap of rubbish ever. John O'Donovan says. The what's new that? fifty. Yeah, what's that? The new fifty. Oh, the new five zero. What's the oh, new? The, the new oh, five zero. Yeah, Hawaii yeah, five zero. Yeah, got it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. well, I, but as I was saying, the original one ran for twelve years. The new one, which is. Uh, and I suppose it shows how versatile this idea is. Uh, but the new one has been running for six years. I'll be interested to see how much longer it runs. By the way, the Hurt Locker best film. No, the Hurt Locker <laughs> was an appalling uh, I love Gosford Park, 2002, 2003. Uh, Philip, how could you not rate once? That's from Benny. Uh, Jack Lord played, do you remember this, George, George Stony Burke, a rodeo arriver, a, a writer before Hawaii Fight. Do you remember that? No. Stony Burke. No. Bruce Dern, Warren Oates. Ah, oh, was great. No, apparently fellas like me who think Tom Cruise shouldn't do Jack Reacher. Mm. Uh, Ollie and Slugger says we're the same people who can't get over female Ghostbusters or Black James Bond. And I am happy uh, to well, be... Well, I'm, I'm, uh, happy, I'm happy to back uh, a Black James Bond. I'm happy to back... Uh, female Tom, Ghostbusters? I'm happy. I just don't think female... This female Ghostbusters works. I just don't think it works. Well, do you think a Black James Bond works? I, 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 especially if it was Idris Elba. I think that Idris Elba, I, I think he's charismatic oh. enough, George. I do think he is. Hi, George. I spotted series one of the Rockford Files in my local library at Farnham. Still great stuff. I spotted William Smith in the pilot episode. Remember William Smith? Uh, my favourite bad guy. Did Philip know that uh, each telephone message is different? <laughs> yes. <laughs> every telephone message. Kevin Moore, yeah. yeah. And Carol White was in poor Carol White, of course, yeah. yeah, And uh, yeah, she was. All right, listen. And now, burst of excitement and interest in John le Carre because I'm presumably the BBC series was yes, it? Well, well okay one of the things that, that happened was uh, there was a, bait, a debate going on about the Night Manager the BBC series that people, some people were t- told it should be made into a movie and um, uh, Le Carre's sons who own a production company now they decided uh, that, uh, that there was too much in it that there was, uh, so they decided to do it as a miniseries, okay? A miniseries with six parts. And as you know, George, it worked very, very well. And now what's happening is they're doing the same with the spy who came in from the cold, which is his... Originally uh, with Richard Burton. Originally uh, with Richard Burton. Filmed in Dublin. Made in, in Ardmore Studios and in Dublin. And uh, so they're doing it now and... Uh, uh, they're, uh, they're taking the same sort of approach to it, the same kind of investment to it. Um, uh, the, the night manager was expensive, uh, but uh, and as you know, it moved all around the world, almost like a Bond picture. And uh, but it worked very, very well. And they're expecting something similar to happen with this. But I have to tell you, I thought uh, the spy who came in from the cold was incredibly bleak. 
Yeah, yeah, Wasn't no, it? it was. It was oh, very I grey. Find it very depressing. Yeah, it was yeah. very grey. Yeah. Well, listen, Philip, it's hard to believe that since the very first week of the right hook, fourteen years, <laughs> next number of months, you've been coming on here uh, with Talking an nonsense. extraordinary uh, knowledge of movies and television. Thank you, George. <laughs> now, but I have to tell people how I picture. Like you were, you were. I think. When I first met you, you were in the Irish press, mm. and I was doing the catering in Ardmore. And you used to, we never met. Like no. you were just the voice, that on, was the it. Phone. Well, voice on the phone, yeah. and you'd say, "Is there any rumours? Yeah. What's happening?" And yeah. I'd say, "There's a rumour because Ardmore would be awash with rumours." Well, one of the things that I had decided at that time was that I was going to cover the film industry, big or small. I was going to cover it in this country, and um, the best, the best, as you know, George, one of the best ways of doing that is to contact people who are regularly on the set who actually see what's happening around them and uh, I, there was a few a collection of um, Seamus Smith was another one he was the boss of Armour but, but there were a collection He was the first man ever to have a handbag <laughs> He was yeah, He was He had a handbag yes. <laughs> but there, there was a, a collection of guys that I, I contacted regularly and you were one of them and the odd time I got an old story out of you The odd time and yeah. then I said and then I said uh, we're going to have movies on the radio and I could think of nobody else um, They but the good news is, of course, you're still going to be on here every Wednesday at 6.30. Is that right? For the summer, you know. Oh, I know I am. Well, I'm off on my yeah. holidays. Yeah. And then the picture show with Nell Dunn. <laughs> Among others. What was the fella um, Dunn who, who wrote a book over the hill or something? There was a fella called Oh Dun yeah, 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 an Irish guy, Dub yeah. Dublin guy. It was called the Hill, wasn't it? The Hill. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not over the Lee Dunn. Lee Dunn. Lee Dunn. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they made a film version of that as well, a small scale film version. Did they? Of that. Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 